Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Hey, we are, we are so blessed this morning. Um, very special friends of ours. And listen, they're part of the family here. The, several years ago, Ty and Vita were on staff here at the church. And just um, Ty was finishing up his education at Regent. And of course, since then has gone on and finished his doctoral work at Duke University. And, uh, but God has a powerful way of not just bringing people back together, but the paths he puts us on, we would have never chosen. And sometimes we choose paths, and it doesn't happen anyway, right? But I promise you, um, and I'll, I'll let him, but Vita, it's so good to see you. We're going to have some great fellowship this afternoon. But uh, Ty called a few weeks ago, and we were able to get him here. And we're just, uh, we've got a treat. And because I know he's always got a word. Um, a, a word for the season you're in, and I just believe God's going to use him powerfully. Ty, would you please come? Let's make him welcome. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Oh, wow. It's a little hot. Okay. Um, let me turn me down just a little bit, and then as I get warmed up, you can turn it back up. Amen. Um, first, giving honor to God, the author and finisher of my life. I, 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 I said life. It's supposed to be faith. It's been a while since I've been in the building. Um, but, no, I thank God for this opportunity to be um, uh, back in the number again, as they, they used to say. It's just uh, so much stuff going on um, in my mind right now. I get this whole setup. I, you know, I had the, 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 you know, what Don worked with and, and then the table and the chair. And I'm an old Baptist preacher, so all this is, I'm like, I can't take but so much change at one time. So I'm like, John, give me the handheld at least so I can. Because I'm used to having a big uh, pulpit, you know, that you hide behind, you know. And, and when you pray, you be like, hide me behind the cross. And it's that they see less of me and more of thee. I mean, it's just, I'm, <laughs> this right here is for old people. I'm not calling you old, John, but this is what, when you, you be like, look, it's on the screen. What I'm trying to tell you, uh, this is different. Because old school, you just lean on the podium. Now you just take a seat. This is nice. I love the way the church is progressing. This is good. This is good. Um, I also want to give, give props to the praise team. Y'all are working hard. Y'all work really, really hard. Give them a hand. Um, they work really hard because, once again, I can't be on the praise team nowadays. It's too much. It's, I was looking at y'all. This is too much. Corey, it's too much. Y'all got too many lyrics. Uh, too many lyrics. When I was on praise team, we had one, it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What's the next verse? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What's the next verse? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we're going to switch it up? Nope. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> What's his name? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's it. And if you're playing any instruments, what's that? Three chords? You know what I'm like? The drums? We didn't even get notes on the drums. Where's the drum at? <laughs> the, it was too stressful. Dog, John, she, she's like, 
I can't be a drummer now. They were like, listen to this music and do exactly what they, no. Like, they were just like, keep the time. Just be on beat. That's all you got to do. I had low expectations. Um, praise God. Okay, so if you don't know, I'm, I, I am, I'm a jokester. Uh, always been, but now I'm, I'm doing it for a living. So um, I came down here. I was at Langley, uh, did a comedy show at Langley, and I told John, hey, I'm going to be an area man. Can I come by and hang out? I love this man right here. He has been a true brother in all sense of the word. Um, so I, I just want to give you a little, because I see a lot of new faces. Y'all don't know me. That's fine. Um, but this is a homecoming for me. You know, we, and it's funny because this ain't even where we started. <laughs> with, with, with John and I, we started at Regent University in the ordinary. That's where it was. I, he was looking for a youth pastor. And um, I had a, I'm going to make a long story short, but I had a conversation with a classmate, and um, it was funny because he had even used the term. He's like, what if there was a pastor looking for, or a church looking for a youth pastor? Would you do it? And I was like, yeah. And then I saw his, his ad for youth pastors. Well, I got to be a man of my word. So I put, I put so, no sooner than I hit send, he responded. He was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm at Regent. You know, you want to, I said, okay. So we met at uh, the Ordinary, and we just kind of clicked. And um, and we were meeting in the theater at the time. So I was like, this is all new to me. And um, But man, my, my oldest son was little <laughs> when we started um, this journey. And it's just been a blessing um, to see real friends are hard to find. And you, you find friendship in, in adversity. You, because you, people show you who they are. So when uh, John and I, I mean, man, we've been through a lot. <laughs> and for him to, to still be the, the same man he was when we met is very, very special to me. So, that, I mean, he will always be a brother to me and always a guy that I can go to and he would give it to me straight. He might get my name wrong, but he's going to give it to me straight. <laughs> That's an inside <laughs> It's too funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all don't get to know that one. Only certain people know that joke. Yeah, just, um, so I don't want to take too much time. I know we got people at home, and they're like, who is this dude? Um, but uh, like, I heard a comedian say last night, I'm going I'm to I'm hijack this. He was like, look, I, I'm, I'm clocking in, and I'm going to do like you do when you clock in. You don't go right to work. You, when you first show up to work, you start, you know, you, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Let me get my coffee. Put my lunch in the refrigerator. Man, I left it in the car. Let me go get my. <sighs> Clock it in. That's. <laughs> amen. Amen. I want to uh, thank God for my family, my extended family. Uh, my father is here. He, he came to uh, celebrate Father's Day, I say. But, I mean, we, we, what happened was, what happened was, we went down there to see him. He moved to uh, New Orleans. And um, we had such a great time that he followed us back here. And <laughs> he's like, let's keep the body going. So he's been here with us, him and his wife. And uh, my wife is here, my mother-in-law, my boys. I'm just so, <sighs> so, so, so excited to be back and to see the progress. See, man, I remember when we first got here. And we were trying to get that piano. That was the biggest, that was the biggest obstacle. John was like, how do I move this grand piano off this state? There was a white baby grand. And he was like, this does not fit what we're trying to do. How do, 
And he was like, well, maybe if I just move it to the back of the sanctuary. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God is good. God is good. All right. Let's get to the word. I, I believe God has a word for us on today. And prayerfully, I won't be before you long. I got this new technology where it's got a clock right there, so I know um, where I am on my time. Now, I, once again, I'm a Baptist preacher, so I'm going to have about three closings. So when I say I'm getting ready to close, that's the, the pre-pre. Exactly. And then there's going to be two after that for people that don't know. So don't, don't get excited when I say I'm about to close because I got two more. Okay. Um, <laughs> got about seven years I need to go through. This is one. Okay. So, um. <laughs> For those of you that have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. Um, and those that don't, I believe it's going to be on the screen. Amen. Um, uh, those at home, you can just Google it. Uh, the Bible app, I mean, it's swipe over, swipe right. I don't, technology has changed, man. It's, you, they used to say, turn with me in your Bibles, and now everybody just pull out a device or it's on the screen. So, there it is. First um, Samuel chapter 17. We're going we're gonna to look at verse 40. Amen. Oh, look at that. He is on it. Give it up for the tech team. I don't know. Tech ministry? What, what's the name? What's the official name? Media. Media ministry. Praise God. Y'all are on it. I like that. All right. I'm going to be reading from the English, no, New Living Translation. It says, he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity. We pray that you edit in what you want edited in and you edit out what you want edited out. That your name might be exalted and your word might be explained. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Let everyone say amen. Um, the, so the title of the message uh, is God can do a lot with a little. I like the sound of that. Can y'all say that with me? God can do a lot with a little. Come on, just I know it's COVID still, but you just turn and wave at your neighbor and say, God can do a lot with a little. <laughs> The story of David and Goliath is a, fam a familiar, uh, and um, we, we've heard it. It's a familiar text. It, we've heard it if we've been in church any time, um, if we've been to VBS. We've heard about David and Goliath. If we've seen it in VeggieTales. I mean, it's popular. Um, and it has very many practical lessons that we can learn from it. All of us face giants of one kind or another in our life, but we can overcome them through the power of God. Um, however, comma, this message on today is specifically for those who may feel like they're down to nothing. So let me pause right now. You don't have to raise your hand, but just blink at me if that's how you feel. You feel like 2020 has stripped you down to the bone and you're down to nothing. I just want to encourage you on today. I believe God put me on assignment to encourage all of us on today that when we are down to nothing, that means that he is up to something. Can I get an amen? It's a purpose for our 
pain. There's not a coincidence. It's not a happenstance. The things we went through, the fact that we're still here. See, that's the thing that works on my mind because if I'd gone through what I went through just for the heck of it, why am I still here? Why, why, why did I make it when other people didn't? Why am I still holding on when other people gave up? Why I start thinking those kind of things and I understand that the God that I serve has a plan. So my job is to figure out what the plan is and how do I fit into that plan. Now, I know that that phrase sounds cliche. We got some regent, some regionaires, some regent, what, what a regent, what's the mascot again? What? Royals. We got some Regent Royals. Thank you. It's very new still because when I was there, I was I was voting for Rams because I just cool mascot. Anyway, side note, um, we got some Regent people here. I understand you when you hear things like this. She's like, that sounds very cliche, Pastor. I'm, I know it does, but it's a biblical truth that when you are down to nothing, God is up to something. You can see it throughout the scriptures that whenever He starts to strip away things. And people, he's about to set you up for something. My wife, can I use you for example, babe? Okay, because I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I just didn't want no trouble when I get home. So, look, my wife has been losing friends left and right. And she said, why are these people walking out of my life? And I told her, I said, well, babe, maybe God is making room. Sometimes we get so attached to things that we have, and when we start to lose those things and those peoples and those relationships, we get frustrated, and we like, God, why are you doing this to me? And God said, I'm doing it for you. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we get caught up in the, in the semantics of it. Like, God, why are, you, why are you allowing people to leave my life? Why are you allowing them to walk away from me? Why are you allowing them to desert me in my time of need? He said, well, I'm preparing you for a better audience. Okay, okay, I know y'all don't like that kind of preaching. Okay, because, you know, your feelings get hurt. You said, what do you mean? I, my friends ain't good enough? No, they're not good enough to go where you're going. They're not equipped to handle you with what I'm about to put on you. They're not equipped to go with you with the stuff I'm revealing to you. Who am I talking to in here? That you, you have some things that God has revealed to you, and you start telling your friends, and they look at you funny? And if it's up to you, you would never walk away from them. We, man, we've been friends forever. We, we go way back. We've been friends since. That don't mean nothing. If they can't go where you're going... Okay, some of us, let me just go ahead and preach this thing. Look, some of us, we're we not where we're supposed to be because we're holding on to stuff that ain't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. It's stuff, people, things, you know, mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, Vita and I, we've been going through this whole minimalist uh, living and, and, and getting rid of stuff. Man, we've been doing this for the last 10 years, babe, right? We've been, like, the more we get rid of, the more stuff we find. I'm like, golly, we still got a lot of stuff up in this house. And, and we understand, let me just bring this to your seat, we can't move, we're not mobile, we're not light, we can't go where God wants us to go because we got too much stuff. That's a practical point. Think about it. If God said, hey, I need you to up and move to Florida, no, I can't do that. I got this house and this yard and I just bought a ride and lawnmower and I got a, and God's looking at you like, What? Sometimes it's better to have less. 
when you're living in an apartment, look, hey, all right, my lease up. We out. Let's go. Where we need to go, God? I know society say that's not good, though. You, you're not successful. You're living in an apartment. You need to own a house. Well, maybe that's not the season you're in. Sometimes we get frustrated because we're comparing ourselves to other people. The only person you're competing against is you. Because why? You have a race set for you that's not the same as anyone else. How can I compare myself to Sean and see where Sean, uh, Sean is? Look, how can I compare myself to you? We're not on the same race. I'm like, dog, Sean is doing it. He's doing his thing. He's running a different race, bruh. Like, I was on the track team. I did not run. Let's be clear. Okay. <laughs> Let's be very clear. I did not run. I was on the track team, but they had different events. They had different events. I can't compare myself. I threw shot putting discus. I can't compare myself to one of those relay runners. That's not the same thing. Think about it. For me to be a good shot putting discus person, I got to have upper body strength. For them to run, what's important to them? So how are we, how am I comparing myself? Dog, look all that weight he pushing and he doing the leg press and he doing more than me. I, I don't need the legs to do that part. I mean, I do, but I don't. Because I saw some people, man, they, man, big up top, skinny, you know, anyway. My point is, I hope y'all got my point, is stop comparing to your race and your progress to somebody else who's running a different event. That just don't make no sense. Like in a track meet, it makes zero sense. If, if you run in a, how many people know track, first of all, because I can just go to, the, okay, all right. I thought this was a good one, right? Because the Olympics coming up, people watching, right? So if I'm running the 100, right, right? Corey, you running the 400, and he's mad because I'm finishing before him. First of all, he's not too smart. That's first of all, right? <laughs> but why is he comparing himself? He said, man, Ty's finished, and I'm still running. Dude, your race is longer than mine. And if you really dig into that analogy, look, that means your technique has to be different than mine. See, I got to come out the gate smoking. You can come out, look, say, look, I just want to stay with the pack. That's how you come out of 400. I just want to stay with the pack till I come around that corner on that light. Come on. Then I'm like, ah, there you go, turbo. Like, that's, it's a different race. I, but for 100, I ain't got time to do that. I got to come out the gate with it. We look at people in ministry, Pastor John, and sometimes we look at, we look at our age and where we are in ministry, and we look at these other people that then just started, and they look like they farther than us. We don't know how long they got, though. That might be, they might have that small, short burst because that's all they got. All right, let me get to the message. That, was the, that wasn't even the message. Let's get to the message. Lord, let me just say amen and we go home. That was, that was good right there. That was good. Look. God can do a lot with a little, okay? Um, in the, in, let's give you a little background, set the stage, and let's talk about this. I got a couple points, and I'm done. Um, in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel, we see a battle between the Israelites and the Philistines. The battle took place in the Valley of Eli, one of the major passes between the Philistine plain and the highlands of Judah. Now, check this out. You got two armies camped on both sides of this valley, and neither one wants to give up their advantage of the high ground. So if you know anything about military, you know that's a, you don't want to give up the position of high ground. If you got, if you got that, that's a good vantage. 
You don't want to you don't want to give that up. So neither one wanted to give up that advantage. That's why neither one was advancing on the other, because they know whoever goes into the valley first, the other one has the advantage. Right. So this is the picture. So now they're camped on both sides and the Philistines engage in psychological warfare. People in the military, veterans in the house, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So now they engage in psychological warfare. What they did is they sent out their champion, who happened to be just under 10 feet tall. Just <laughs> He was a little one. He was a little guy, right? <laughs> but 10 feet tall, and I'm talking to Micah. I'm like, hold on, man. This guy is tall. He was 9 foot 9 inches, and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how tall this is. This is a big dude. And he came out every day. This is the thing that really blew me away. Daily, he came out and challenged the Israelites. He was like, look, this is what we're going to do. Since y'all don't want to move, we don't want to move, you send out your best fighter. I'm their best fighter. We will fight it out one-on-one, and then the winner gets the spoils. And the Israelites were intimidated. They were intimidated by this giant. I want you to see something. It's funny because who was the champion of the Israelites? Mm-mm. That's who was supposed to be the champion. But the people, come on, talk to me. The people didn't want God to be, if you go back, if you do a little Bible study, God's like, look, you don't need a king. I got you. I'm bigger than any giant you're going to face. But see, they couldn't see down the road, and they like, I want what they got. Give me a king. So they picked somebody that looked the part. Huh. That, see, I could go on that one right there. We got some people in here that single. Look, you single because you picked somebody that looked the part but couldn't play the role, could not do, could not fulfill the responsibilities. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. Okay. So, see, because if Saul had been a real godly leader, he would have led his army to victory. But when people are out of fellowship with God, they, they can't lead you nowhere. So, here, here they look into Saul and Saul cowering in the back. What you, come on, man. Like, what you doing? So, this is setting the stage for David, right? Now, look at this. This is the first point when I looked at this test this text. The first point I saw was go where the Father sends you. Come on. I want to hear y'all say that. Go where the Father sends you. If, if you want to realize that God can do a lot with a little, first of all, you got to go where God sends you. That means sometimes he may send you to some places that you don't, you don't quite understand. You don't, you don't quite understand, God, why did you send me to Hampton Roads? Why, why, why did you call me to go to region? Um, why, why did you send me to D.C.? Why, why? You find yourself in places. Am I talking to somebody? And you're like, God, God, but God, I feel like you sent me here. But see, here's the thing about God. Just because you thought you were going for one reason, that don't mean that's the reason why God sent you. <laughs> A lot of us get it twisted. We be like, man, I'm here at region to get this degree. No, you're not. You're here. Because God's got you on assignment. <laughs> and all you worried about is getting this degree and finishing this and then so I can go do this. And God's like, I got ministry for you to do here. When I was here at Regent, I was just coming to get my degree and go back in the Air Force. That was the plan. 
that was our plan. <sighs> Got here and started talking to the students and hearing what the students are dealing with and feeling what God was putting in my heart. And then next thing you know, here I'm starting a ministry. And you know Hampton Roads is full of churches, full of startups. Dr. Umidi was like, you know, we don't need another church. You know, we need, we need more leaders to step up. And I'm like, yeah. But then my other mentor, it's funny, it's like yin and yang, right? <laughs> Dr. Flynn said, but you know what? There's still people that don't go to church anywhere. For all these churches, there's still people that's not going anywhere. And why are they not going? Because they haven't connected with anybody. And maybe you're the person that they connect with. So don't feel just because there's churches everywhere that everybody has got a place where they feel connected. So God placed on my heart. He said there's people out there who used to go to church that don't go to church anymore. And nobody's really reaching them. Because everybody's reaching the unchurched. The people have never gone to church. But what about the people that went and fell away? Are we just, are they just done? They just, we don't care about them? So God said, look, if you got a burden for it, you do something about it. And the funny thing was, we started the ministry. It wasn't large in number, but I would say, what, 80, 90% of our congregation was that target audience. So when you look at it, you say, what, dog? If you look at it like that, it was a success because we reached the people that weren't going anywhere, that used to go somewhere, and they was locked in. Once again, not comparing my race to anybody else's, right? I got to go where God sends me. Look, David went, and I said the father so you can understand. David was son of who? Jesse. Jesse said, I need you to go take food to your brothers. He wasn't on the battlefield because he was in the king's court. When I read that, I said, oh, that thing, that thing hit me right there. He wasn't there because he was part of the king's court. He was there just to, he was basically a UPS man. He was FedEx. He was just bringing a, he was Amazon. He was dropping something off. Okay, y'all going to get that when you get home. Look, look, look. So this whole story happens, it turns out to be about him and Goliath and the victory that God gave him, but he wasn't even supposed to be there. He wasn't in the. Sometimes we get twisted because we feel like I'm not the one on the stage. I'm not the one with the title. And you came in just to drop off Panera, but then God, look, just go where the Father sends you. You don't know what he got for you once you get there. Oh, my gosh, that thing, y'all didn't hear that. Y'all didn't get that thing. Go where the Father sends you. You don't know what he got for you when you get there. He showed up. He was obedient. His father said, go take food to your brothers. And when he got there, he heard the challenge. He's like, what? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He was basically cussing. Who is this? Right? <laughs> that's, what, that's their version of it. Like, who is this uncircumcised? How, and y'all, how long has he been doing this? And, and y'all just let this go? Ain't nobody going to stand up to him? Like, he's, he's a boy. But usually, you know who's usually got faith, big faith? Little people. <laughs> it's funny because when, 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 when I, that's why I said, look, God's bringing us down to nothings because he's up to something. Because he wants us to rely on him. When we have all the stuff that we think we need to be successful, who are we relying on? Ourselves. If, if, if I get a job because I got all the credentials, who's getting credit for that? 
me. If, they, if, I, if I got all the things I need to be in this job, in this position, then when I get the job, I'm like, well, I got it because I went to this school and I went to that school and I got this degree. And I. But when you wind up on Capitol Hill as a legislative director and you ain't never studied government other than high school, <laughs> you, you ain't got no degree in political science. I got a theology degree. How on Capitol Hill as a legislative director, and I did it in record time. I can't take credit for it. So then when people come to me and they say, man, how you get this job? I'm like, God. <laughs> they want to meet with me. I'm serious. They were like, hey, let's meet. Let's talk. How did you get here so fast? I'm like, God, do you know him? <laughs> God sometimes wants to strip things away from us so he can get credit for what he's about to do. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's good right there. Ooh. Ah, look, and check this out. So, so, so he was, let's move on. Let's move on. I, I love that part, though. Go where the Father sends you. He wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be in the battle. He was just bringing food. And then God did something tremendous. Look at this. Point number two, block out the haters. If you want God to do a lot with your little, you got to be able to block out the haters. Somebody say block out the haters. And there's two types of haters in the text here. The first one was family. I'm going to tiptoe through this because I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But the, the, the first hater that you're going to run into whenever you say you're going to do something is your family. And they're not hating on you necessarily. It's kind of masked in the fact that they care for you. Sometimes they're really jealous of you. But they, they say it like, oh, I, do, I'm, I care for you. I don't want you to fail. No, if you care for me, you would let me fail, but when I fail, you will pick me up. That's, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, that's too deep. Look, family lets you fail, because look, how did the kids learn how to ride a bike? They got to fall and get back up. Because they got to learn how to balance and you, certain things you can't learn without trial and error. A lot of us want to call ourselves entrepreneurs but don't want to fail. I'm like, you ain't going to be no entrepreneur then. An entrepreneur, look, Vita and I was taking stock recently how many businesses we didn't started. I'm like, babe, we start counting stuff up and say, oh, and we forgot about this one over here and that one right there. And look, some of the stuff worked. Some of the stuff didn't work. I know John know what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes you be like, look. John is a hustler, too. Y'all know that. John be like, hold on, I'm going to go ahead and take this right here and turn this into this. And then, you know, he be moving stuff around. And I learned a lot from him. That Look, it's not a failure unless you give up. Because if, if it's still moving, we can change it. We can, we can you know, we can rearrange it, you know. We can, <laughs> like, we, we, look, this used to be, I don't know if y'all know, but the name of the church used to be Renaissance. But then John got a new vision. He said, that doesn't really fit the vision. And he went back to the drawing board. I admire the fact that he did that. There's so many people that they would not do it. They wouldn't change it. They'd be like, no, we, this is where we started. We need to stay with this. And John was like, Hold on. I don't know how attached they really are to that anyway. He's like, look, it don't fit what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go. And he sat down and got a team together and did all that to just change. That's what I'm talking about. Like, we, got, we can't be so stuck in our story that we can't adjust, mm, Vita, to what God is saying, right? We got our plans of how things are supposed to go. 
how things are supposed to work out. I'm supposed to, I was supposed to have my degree by 30. I did not. <laughs> Matter of fact, when I was 20-something, I had given up on the degree altogether. I was like, I ain't going to get it until I met Vita. And then she's like, why are you not going to get it? When she met me, she was like, oh, I thought you already had a degree. I didn't even have my undergraduate when she met me. But I was like, I'm going to get my doctorate by 30. I'm like, oh, I wasn't doing the math right. I'm not doing the math right. But she, and, and then I kind of gave up on it. But then she's like, no, go after it. And look, as long as there's still breath in your lungs, you got time. And I talk to her about this all the time. We talk about this all the time because sometimes we get in our head, I'm too old. Who says? She's like, you know, oh, I always wanted to do this. Well, do it. I didn't have so many different careers in my lifetime. I feel like every decade I do a different, I do a different job. I was at first, I was, I was a cop. I was in the military, and then I got out and I went to school, and then I was a pastor, and then now I'm a comedian. I'm like, whoa, whoa how did? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know people look at me like, dude, this dude is all over the place. But look, I, I go with God, where He sends me. Let me, let me show you something too. I've witnessed to more people in a comedy club. When I get on the stage, I start telling jokes without cussing, and then I say I was a pastor, and they come up to me afterward, are you really a pastor? Like, what church you at? I wouldn't go to your church. I ain't never met no pastor like you. And I've had people talk about the Holy Spirit, and how, I'm like, you, you know we in a comedy club, right? You want to talk about this right here? Okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Sometimes we, as the body of Christ, have to go to the people. It's not really sometimes. It's all the time. But I just want to say, because I don't want to feel like I'm... <laughs> browbeating you. But yeah, we got to go to where they are. That whole build it and they will come, that was a line in the movie. That's not how the church is supposed to operate. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. That, no, that's not what he said. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go. The verb there was go. It was not stay. It was not build. It was not establish. <laughs> set up. <laughs> go. Okay, I'm done. Look, <laughs> go where the Father sends you. Block out the haters. The first one was his brother. His brother was like, look, don't you have some sheep to be tending to? And then he tried to play him to the left. I'm sorry. Look, so uh, did y'all see that the shade he threw at him? He was like, don't you have some little sheep? Don't you have a few sheep that you... I'm like, oh, oh, so it's little now. And it's few. You know how when people say, hey, how was your little comedy show? Oh, okay, wait till I'm on HBO. Wait till I'm on Netflix. This is my little comedy show. I heard that. <laughs> people throw shade at you. How's that little comedy thing going? Why you got to put little in it? Like, when you put little in it, that is just, that's just. John, you still doing that little church thing now and then? What? Little? He threw shade at his brother. He's like, hey, you, you got a few sheep, a few. You got a few sheep, little sheep that you're supposed to be tending to. Why are you not doing what you? He ignored them. That's what y'all need to do. When I say block out the haters, ignore. Some, you don't even need to engage with certain people. Don't engage. Don't engage. The, 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 the trouble is sometimes we, we fall for it. With the family, when they say stuff, we, we feel like we got to defend our vision. You ain't got to defend your vision. Vision can't be taught. It has to be caught. You don't have to defend that to them. Thank you. To God be the glory. Don't 
feel like you got to defend your vision to people. They didn't see what God showed you. And after you tell them, they still won't. When, when I started the church, people didn't see what I saw. It went to the end that people was like, I see it. And the people that stuck with me, John, they saw it. That's it. Stop trying to get people to go with you that don't see what you see. Ooh, that's good. We, we tire ourselves out trying to get people to go with us that don't see what we see. And they become dead weight because we dragging them all. They don't see it. John, I ain't got to force nobody to come to the meeting, to plan, to do the whatever. If they see my vision, if they see it, they with you. They be like, John, I see it. And matter of fact, they gonna, some of them will outrun you. You're going to be like, hold on, come back, hold on. <laughs> They're going to catch it and run with it to the point where you're like, hold on, come, hold, oh, we're not there yet, but come on. That's the kind of people you need around you. It's not just him as a pastor. It's you in your walk. You need people on your team. I don't know if y'all got, do y'all have teams? Y'all ain't got teams. See, y'all feel like only celebrities need teams. That's a lie. Y'all need teams. Y'all need people on your team. You need a fighter. You need a Peter. You need a, um, you need a Luke because he's going to have to put the person back together after Peter cut him up. You need a... Um, <laughs> you need people on your team, people that's going to look, they're going to ride with you. Yes, because sometimes you get discouraged and you need somebody to say, come on. I believe, I believe in the God in you. Mm, he blocked out the haters. Look, the first one was his brother. The second one was Saul. And Saul was hating because why? He felt threatened. I've been there, ran into those. Those are tough. Because usually those are people in authority. And they see the anointing on your life. And they it ain't got to be in church. They can be on your job. They see how you're professional, how you show up on time, you do your job well, everyone compliments you, and they just hating on you. The minute you say you're going to do something, they be like, mm-mm. I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. When I said, look, I started on the hill as a, uh, as a, a fellow. I don't know if y'all know about fellowships, but they don't get paid much. That's what that means. That means paid insurance, interns, basically, a fellow. Um, but, you know, they're getting, like, Chick-fil-A coupons. You know, depending on where you <laughs> <laughs> You know, but you can't use those on Sunday, Corey. So, I mean, it's, you know. Catch 22. So I was a fellow. So I went from a fellow to a to a, uh, a legislative assistant. Um, which it wasn't a, a big pay jump either. <laughs> and then I said, well, look, I'm looking for a job. And they said, what are you looking to do? You looking to just be the legislative assistant, you know, like where you were? I said, no, I want to be a legislative director, um, maybe assistant chief of staff. They looked at me like, mm, you just got here. How you going to do all that? You just got here. I said, but, you know, I had a life before I got here, right? I had a whole, as people say, I had a whole life. I got a whole wife and a whole, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you just got out of college. <laughs> and I've been in the military. <laughs> like, it was funny because I'm getting shade from people who, who were not alive for 9-11. So I'm like, you really can't say nothing to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was here for that. You know, you're like, what? Yeah, I was here. I was working. I was at Langley. When that, you see? So I'm like, don't. So I, once again, don't engage. Don't engage. Don't engage. So Saul was hating on him and said, man, you can't do this. But then Saul caught himself. He's like, well, I don't really want to do this. So then he gave him a blessing. He said, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and do it. <laughs> he, was at, he was like, he was hoping he would fail, though. I know Saul was. When he gave that blessing, he wasn't really hoping that he was going to succeed. Because he was like, man, go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to, go ahead. He said, I'm going to give you my armor. This is my third and final point. Know what fits you. Know what fits you. Not block out the haters, the next one. Know what fits you. There it is. Know what fits you. Somebody say, know what fits you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. And then his response was, I can't go in these. I can't work with this. I can't. Now, this is a message for all the people who were called to ministry. And I, t- I joked about it in the beginning, right, about being a Baptist preacher. Things are changing. 2020 changed the game. And there's so many churches that didn't make it through 2020 because they were not willing to change. And they're hoping and praying that when things open all the way back up, that these people are going to magically come back. But they weren't engaging them during the shutdown. Oh, this is real talk right here. I'm not saying this is y'all because y'all was online. There was some churches that said, well, we're going to wait till I done called them. I done called them and they're like, the offices are closed. I'm like, yeah, right? Like, how the, how the church closed in, during the pandemic? This is when the church needs to be open. Like, even if you don't have people coming in, you ain't got nobody at the building, leave a message. If I'm going through crisis, right, you done missed me. So when things open back up and you got a flyer in my mailbox talking about come visit, but I called you when I needed you. When my loved one was in the hospital and you were closed. Now, see, I'm the type of person, I, I ain't all the way saved. I'm the type of person that will call the person on the fly and leave a message for them. <laughs> Thank you for your correspondence. However, I'm not available right now. Please, you leave a message. The game has changed, and if we don't change with it, we're going to be left behind. Know what fits you. He, he tried that armor on. He said, this don't fit me. My dad's sitting right there. You know, he's, he's an old, and the funny thing is we're going to do a podcast, shameless plug. We have a podcast starting the end of July, and we're going to talk about on one of the episodes, we got three generations of Bratton men. And we're going to talk about issues from the, our different perspectives. So he's 30 years older than me, and my son is 30 years younger, right? Is that, is that right? 30, 30, 30? 30 years in between us. 
So that's we got different perspectives, like how they did church when he was coming up versus how they did church when I was coming up versus how they do church now when my son is here. But I can't look, I can't put on my son to do ministry the way. Come on now. I can't put it on him. It ain't going to fit. He's going to be like, this don't work for me, Pop. Like, he got to do it the way it fits him if I want him to be successful. He put it on. He said, look, this, you got to know what fits you. He said, I'm not used to this. So then David took it off. And then he went to what he knew. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his staff and a sling, he went out to face the giant. Somebody say God can do a lot with a little. Since he had never tested the armor in battle, he felt it would be more of a hindrance than a help. And sometimes the older statesmen, they're trying to help you, giving you the stuff that they, they use to get through. This is my armor. That's fine. But in that song, I said, this is how I fight my battles. The way the young folk fight their battles is different. It's different. Just like that song y'all sung, Oh Glorious Day. I was like, look, my Baptist root, we would, we would sing that like 16 times faster. <laughs> Living and loving, dying and bleeding, better than dead nights in our way. you like, it's so fast, you don't even know what they're saying. Oh Glorious Day. Yeah, Living and loving. You're like, God, Lee, how fast we going to go? Y'all sung it. I didn't even really know the words until y'all sung it. I'm like, oh, that's what they're singing. <laughs> look, look, look. The practical lesson here is that God's, God can give victory in response to our faith. The Bible says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed. <laughs> God can do a lot. With a little. God had tested David privately with a lion and a bear. <laughs> now he was testing him openly with a giant. God can do a lot with a little. If we are faithful in the private battles, God will see us through the public ones. God can do a lot with a little. Too often God's people faint at the smallest test that comes our way, not realizing that the little tests are just preparing us for what? The bigger battles that are on the way. Jeremiah 12 and 5 says, look, if you are worried about running with the horses, how are you going to run with the chariot? God can do a lot with a little. God, David used simple and humble weapons, a sling and five stones. God can do a lot with a little. Look, he, he, he picked up five. He only used one. God can do a lot. With a little. How is it that David going against the giant and then say he ran toward him? He slung, he fired his weapon once and hit him, a direct hit. I just want Bible study real quick. He had a helmet on. How'd you hit him in the forehead? That means you hit him just below, like in between. Come on now. 
I mean, come on, y'all. We in Hampton Roads. Y'all been to the firing range. You know how hard it is to hit a moving target. Right, while you're moving. Come on. You're not just hitting a moving target. You are moving. And he hit him right between the eyes. God was God in that stone, boy. He was God in that stone. I just want to encourage somebody today. Look, God can do a lot with a little. You feel like you underarm. Underarm. <laughs> I thought about under armor. You feel like you unarmed. <laughs> you unmanned. You, you, you undermanned. You, 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 you underwhelmed. You got, look, it's too much. The odds are stacked against me. How many of y'all done said that? Y'all done said that in recent days. I heard some of y'all in my spirit. Y'all be like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. How am I going to be able to do this? God can do a lot with a little. I ain't got but two hours in the day of free time. How am I going to get this website up? Look, God can do a lot with a little. I'm going to start this business when I'm going to school at night and I'm working during the day. God can do a lot with a little. I'm going to raise these kids all by myself. God can do a lot with a little. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Hey, hey. Mm. Neither his brother's criticism nor Saul's unbelief kept David from trusting God for victory because he knew God could do a lot with a little. This is my last closing right here. Look. Greatness is something many people desire, but few people really understand. Usually we recognize the great only after they have achieved it. We call them great after their military victories have been won. Okay, we can pause right there. There's, there's victories, there's battles where the general did something unconventional. And at the time, they were they were, they was going to shrink them up because <laughs> but it it worked out <laughs> and then they become heroes and that's a great victory look there we 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 like to praise people and call them great after the fact what we see is the finished product not the process so we tend to romanticize greatness social media is our biggest enemy cuz people show you what they want you to see. I know a lot of people that be flossing on social media. They say you got to fake it till you make it. So that's not that's not their Bentley. Answer, it might be Jesus. <laughs> Jesus on the main line. <laughs> the same thing happens in Christianity. The, the new believer who dreams of the day he or she will do great things for God or the individual who, he, who yearns for the day he or she can live a victorious life have both romanticized spiritual greatness. They have missed the point that quality and character are forged in the experience. Greatness comes only through a process. And this process always contains an element of pain. That's the part that we mess up on. A lot of us, we live our lives, we situate our lives to avoid pain. We put ourselves in situation to avoid being hurt. And the reality is we live unfulfilled lives because we're afraid to put ourselves in harm's way. I'm not talking about something crazy, but I'm talking about what God is telling you to do that you have yet to do because it scares you. Because it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you look crazy to the people around you. 
You are not doing what God told you to do because your family, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? But I'm here today to tell you that, look, we, if we want to get where God wants us to go, we have to go through the process. We can't avoid the process. Never despise small beginnings because God can do a lot with a little. I want to end with this right here because I feel it in my, we're teacher. I feel it in my shanana. I do. If, and, and, and when I preach, it's always, uh, my prayer is always that just let one person hear what I'm saying. And I believe that there's at least one person in here that you've been wrestling. You've been, you've been, you've been wrestling with what God's telling you to do. Here's your confirmation. God is saying do it. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about who's going to talk about you. You know what? Guess what? If you don't do it, they're still going to talk about you. If you don't move, they're still going to talk about you. If you stay still, if you stay quiet, don't worry about what they say. The only person you need to worry about is God. What does God think? Is he going to be pleased with you? Is he going to be proud of you? Is he going to be happy with you? Please, God. Not man. Man is fickle. Don't worry about them. That's a hard word. I know. Because it could be your brother, your sister, your mother, your cousin, your auntie. But you got to do what God is telling you to do. Why? Because there's a giant that needs to be slayed. And it may not be your giant. Oh, I'm preaching good. Let me come down so because I don't want... I don't want to take too much of y'all time, but look, I feel this thing. If you look at the text, that wasn't David's giant. That was Saul's giant. <laughs> Ain't that something? So here you are, you, you taking your sweet time doing what God told you to do, but somebody is struggling with a giant, and you got what it takes to take them out. Whether that giant is, you can just name it. We come down the list. Somebody got a giant of finances. You just been whooping them, just been harassing them, and you, you got the key, you got the weapon to take out that giant for them, for the glory of God. They could be dealing with relationship issues. This might be me. God, go ahead and speak. I'll say it. My wife and I, we keep running away from the relationship thing but we keep getting sucked back in it. People are like, man, y'all need to talk about this. Maybe the advice we have will help set somebody free in their relationship. So I can't worry about what people are going to say. Can't worry about what people are going to think. I got to be obedient to what God is saying. And even though I don't think I'm big enough or my platform is big enough, Cause that's what, can I just be real with you? Like who's gonna listen to us talking about relationships? We ain't nobody. We ain't been married four years. <laughs> 40, that's why I, I said 40. We, didn't marry, we ain't been married 40 years. <sighs> we haven't been married that long. How, why is somebody gonna listen to us? I'm talking to somebody. You, you, you have a similar kind of conversation in your head. You're like, hold on. Why me, God? Who, who am I? You might feel like David. He was just a shepherd. All I know is sheep. 
But God can do a lot with a little. Because that shepherd boy with a sling and five stones only had to use one. Why? Because God used him. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. Can I pray for y'all? Father God, I thank you. Thank you, God, for being a loving God. You care for us, God, in ways that we cannot comprehend. And God, you've allowed us to come through a very traumatic time for a reason. That thing that you've placed inside of us, God, that's, that's burning on the inside. God, our prayers that you stir it up right now. Stir up the gift inside of us, God, so that we can no longer contain it. Give us the courage to boldly step out on faith, knowing that you will not let us fall. God, you love us. And you only have the best for us. If we just submit to your will and we just walk in your way. You said in your presence there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. God, if we just submit to you on today, God, we pray that you show up in a mighty way. For those of us that are, are unsurrendered, God, we pray that we surrender to you on today, that we stop running, we stop fighting, but we will surrender to you, God. That we will allow you to use us the way you want to use us. And not the way that we want to be used. But God, not our will, but your will be done. Because the world needs us. There's somebody that needs our gift. There's somebody that needs us right now, God. Give us the courage we need to step out and step forward and be what you called us to be. No more hiding. No more laying on the back lines. No more hiding in the background. God, it's time for us to stand up. Give us the courage we need to stand. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, God, I thank you. I know we've been hurt before, God. You know we've been hurt before. But God, we're trusting you. God, we're trusting you where we can't trace you. We have faith, God, when we can't feel you. We know, God, that you have us, God. That the pain was for a purpose. And that purpose is now. God, we give you glory in advance. We give you praise in advance. We shout unto you hallelujah because you're worthy. In the name of Jesus. If that prayer was for you, come on, give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. I just, 
thank y'all for indulging me, but I really feel that thing. If, if, if that message was for you, can you give God a big shout? Amen. I'm about to hand the mic back to Pastor John, but I just want to encourage you. It may not be easy. The way may not be easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I don't know who I'm talking to. Whoever I'm talking to, please see me after service because I feel this, this is just for you. Okay, this is just for you. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I know you feel like you're going through it and there's no reason, there's no rhyme, but God, oh, if you can just press through to the other side, you'll see. It'll all, it'll understand it better. By and by. Come on, give God another hand clap for praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, there's no way I'm going to try to add anything to that. Um, but I think it's more than one person that wants to see Ty at the church. So there may be a line in the back of the sanctuary. But we'll, we'll take our time. I encourage you to take time. Uh, just to greet family. Love on them. If you, uh, if you remember when they were here and you were there, uh, take some time to just love on them. But Ty, powerful word. Uh, expected nothing less. God's got a plan for us. Amen. Spoke to me. But I already know I'm seeing you after church. Let's all stand together. Father, I thank you for your word. God, help us to be reminded today that <laughs> it was your same voice that spoke to Samuel when he went and anointed David. It's your same voice that speaks to us today. Your same power that guided that stone is the same power that we walk in today. God, thank you for reminding us of what you are doing through the little in us, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Little certainly is much when you are in it, God. And we just thank you, Father, for what you've done. God, I, I just pray a blessing over our people. God, use us. Father, it's not about getting through the week. Lord, it's about making someone's week. Let your Holy Spirit use us in powerful ways as we leave today. But, Lord, throughout this week, I pray that lives be changed in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Please let... This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.